podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com. Hi, this is Mark Raven. This is episode 84 of Lean Blog Audio for August 11th, 2015. Today's episode, when warnings aren't given or heeded, people die. Planes, ice cream, and hospitals. So it seems like a pretty heavy topic, but uh, here goes. In healthcare, it's a well-known problem that people often don't speak up to point out risks or to report near misses. It's an organizational culture problem. People are afraid of being blamed, punished, or retaliated against for speaking up. A 2012 report released by the Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services found that more than 80% of hospital errors go unreported by hospital employees. And there are other studies that highlight the problem uh, similarly. And that's not to mention the near misses and unsafe conditions that don't get mentioned. So the first topic today, the problem with underreporting problems. Aviation is supposed to be an area where they affixed this culture through things like crew resource management and mandatory non-punitive reporting systems in the United States. But this isn't always the case around the world, especially in cultures with large power differentials between people of different ages or rank. And uh, there's an article from the Wall Street Journal that I've linked to in the post headline, In Asia's Skies, Mistakes Go Unreported. And if you'd like to read any of these articles or see, get links to them, go to leanblog.org audio84. So some highlights from the story. Without proper accounting, experts say, airlines can't learn from mistakes and regulators can't properly assess safety risks. Even smaller incidents like component failures and near misses on the runway are key bellwethers for major crashes. Left undocumented, botched procedures are left to grow endemic. The United Nations International Civil Aviation Organization has recognized underreporting as an issue and is seeking ways to improve data collection, including tracking media reports of incidents that may not have been officially reported, says Anthony Philbin, a spokesman for the agency. The agency uses its incident reports to help set safety guidelines for the industry. End of quote. Now, countries like Indonesia, as the article says, have fewer reported incidents compared to, say, Australia than would be expected given their number of flights. Now, as we see in healthcare, having low or uh, you know low rates or even zero rates of uh, reported incidents or sentinel events does not mean uh, the hospital is actually safer. Uh, it's more likely to be uh, an issue of under-reporting. If you don't report problems and risks, you can't learn from them, and therefore you can't improve. And there seems to be more fear in Asia and more reasons from it, again, from the journal. Another concern is that Asian nations have a history of stiff punishments for people involved in safety incidents, a disincentive for employees to speak up when mistakes occur. Or, as the article points out later, there's a culture of saving face that makes it hard to report mistakes. After a Henan Airlines crash in 2010 that killed 44, the captain who survived was jailed. Harsh penalties are less common in the U.S., which uses a confidential national reporting system that guarantees aviation employees won't be punished by the FAA if they report air safety incidents within 10 days, unless the violators were deliberately negligent or inebriated. 
U.S. carriers have similar systems in-house that keep reporters' names confidential from airline managers. So as I've blogged about before, I think that jailing nurses and pharmacists for their roles in systemic errors is not the way to improve safety or quality. Even Chris Jerry, whose daughter Emily died as a result of a medication error, doesn't think jailing the pharmacist in that case was the right thing to do. And, and you can hear uh, podcast discussions, uh, interview with him in my original podcast series, episodes uh, 203 and 207. The second issue here, when warnings aren't heated in aerospace. So there's another article from the Wall Street Journal, this time about a mishap with the Virgin Galactic test spaceship. The headline says, ex-consultant FAA didn't act on warnings. From the article, FAA officials repeatedly failed to act on safety warnings about an experimental rocket ship backed by billionaire British entrepreneur Richard Branson that crashed in 2014, according to a former agency consultant. The spaceship broke apart when the pilot mistakenly pulled a handle or a lever that released a movable tail surface of the ship at the wrong time, throwing off the aerodynamics of the craft and making it break apart. The design was, quote, inadequate and lacked mistake proofing. And, and that's, of course, a core lean mindset to mistake proof designs and processes. The ship was, quote, lacking fail-safe protections against a pilot mistakenly releasing a movable tail surface at the wrong time. Uh, led, that led to the event that broke the space plane apart, roughly 10 miles high, and killed the co-pilot. The, the article blames the FAA, but why didn't Richard Branson and, and, and his company heed warnings or consider that risk? Again, from the article. The extensive collection of documents and other interview summaries released by the NTSB underscores that Virgin Galactic, Scaled Composites, and the FAA all recognize the potential for a catastrophic event caused by what is known as a single-point human failure. But over the years, the design remained unchanged, and the FAA, without a request from Scaled Composites, the company, issued a waiver in 2013 from its own regulations. So here's my question. Did uh, Virgin Galactic tell the pilot and the co-pilot to be careful? Did they warn them? Well, just don't pull, don't release the tailpiece at the wrong time. I mean, if so, that's not how you ensure safety. I mean, did they have a warning sign in the cockpit that said, danger, don't pull that handle at the wrong time? As I write about on my blog, uh, bemorecareful.com, warning signs often or usually don't work. We need a better strategy than, than that, especially when lives are at stake. Issue three, when warnings and recommendations are ignored in food production. So there's a sad and again, deadly story uh, about the biggest Texas producer of ice cream, Bluebell. From the Wall Street Journal again, the headline says, the lessons of a deadly ice cream recall. The Listeria outbreak tied to Bluebell products um, killed three people in Kansas earlier this year. Now, far too often, people in healthcare will excuse deaths that occur due to hospital-acquired infections. They'll say things like, well, that th those infections are bound to happen, our patients are really sick. Now, hospital infections kill far more than a handful of people each year uh, compared to deaths from ice cream or rocket ships or, or airplanes, for that matter, or from you know, cars. Cars and defects in cars uh, don't kill nearly as many people as problems in healthcare, but yet there's far less talk about 
healthcare problems and preventable harm in the media. And no hospital executives that I know of are being threatened with prosecution, as are Bluebell executives, which again, maybe isn't helpful. Now, federal records show that Bluebell failed to follow practices recommended by government and industry groups that might have prevented listeria contamination of ice cream at all three of its main plants. At the same time, some food safety professionals say the crisis is indicative of insufficient attention beyond Bluebell of the risks of listeria. So here's what happened. In 2008, the FDA issued guidelines, 2008. In 2009, inspection reports showed that there were problems at Bluebell. In 2013, Bluebell knew they had listeria in their plants and they didn't do enough to fix it. Then 2015, people died. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some executives should go to jail. Uh, the, the CEO of uh, the Peanut Corporation of America was recently uh, sentenced to time in prison after uh, some deaths that were caused due to negligence and, and safety, um, not, not food safety issues in their facilities. And again, experts say Bluebell is not the only ice cream maker that has these problems or risks. And I hope those other companies are being more proactive. And here's the, the fourth uh, part of this story. When warnings or concerns aren't shared in healthcare. So you might have previously read about the outbreak of a superbug at UCLA Medical Center that was first linked to two deaths back in February. And some of these types of cases where uh, a bug was spread through different types of contaminated scopes and, and things like this have happened in, in lots of hospitals with colonoscopies and other procedures. My first thought is that the hospital was maybe not following proper protocols. Now that seemed to not be the case here as UCLA was following the recommended cleaning procedures as given by Olympus, the manufacturer of the uh, duodenoscopes in question. I hope I'm saying that right, duodenoscope. Uh, for the duodenum, that's that's hard for an engineer to say. A design flaw in the duodenoscopes made them apparently inherently hard to clean. The LA Times has a new in-depth story about all of this, the headline, A Killer on the Loose. So one day after the initial reports about all this came out, the FDA, FDA reacted quickly. The incident prompted the FDA to issue a safety alert to all U.S. hospitals the next morning, February 19th, warning them to take extra caution when cleaning the scope. Now, was, quote, taking extra caution really enough if the scopes were so hard to clean? It seems like it, it was not. Now, maybe the safety alert should have told the hospitals and doctors to stop using the scopes, but that could have jeopardized lives in a different way since the scopes are very helpful for people who are sometimes very sick. Now, a month later, there was a change to what I would call the standardized work for cleaning the scopes. U.S. hospitals received new cleaning instructions for duodenoscopes a month later in March from the leading manufacturer Olympus, which controls 85% of the market. The company also recommended a new cleaning brush. So from the article comes some chilling details, quote, after investigating previous outbreaks and receiving injury reports, U.S. health officials also were aware of an infection risk from contaminated scopes and had been working on new cleaning standards since 2011. 2011. So the powers that be were just going to accept that known risk? I understand this mother's reaction from the story. Quote, 
it's just shocking that so many people were affected by this without anything being done about it, said Lori Smith, a mother and herself a nurse. Does business go on as normal and people keep getting infected? Now, Food and Drug Administration officials counter that it took time to evaluate the evidence and develop a response to a complex problem. But back to the cleaning brush, quote, Olympus had taken similar steps more than two years earlier in Europe. The company warned European hospitals and doctors in January 2013 that lethal bacteria could become trapped at the tip of its scopes. It issued no warning in the United States, however. So my question is this, didn't Olympus and their leaders have an ethical obligation, if not a legal one, to warn American hospitals and doctors and the rest of the world outside of Europe? When a problem is known and the world stands and watches while people die as a result of that problem, I don't know. Again, maybe maybe somebody go, should go to jail when it's not just a systemic issue. It's, it's a choice people are making and a bad one at that. So I'm curious to hear what you think about any of this. Uh, it's a downer to talk about all, all these problems. I wish organizations did better. But if you want to go to leanblog.org slash audio 84, um, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Thanks.